Thank you for checking out the Mercy Hill Church Sermon Podcast. If you would like to know more about Mercy Hill, you can visit us on the web at mercyhill.cc. Yemi, if you want to come on up. Yemi, um, we're so privileged to have Yemi being willing to share with us. At Mercy Hill, it is important for us that we are not a church that where ministry is done by the professionals, okay? It's not a place where where we want, okay, if you're paid staff, then you do the you do the work of the ministry. We our heart, our desire is to see everyone participating and serving and caring and sharing. And so it's 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 a great opportunity for Yemi to come up here. It's a great opportunity for us to receive the word that God has given to Yemi for us. And so um yeah, Yemi's just been a Yemi's been a, a faithful uh just lover of Jesus Christ over these past years. It's been so neat to see the way that he has given himself to serving and praying and caring, serves in the worship team, and Julie and Yemi help lead the children's ministry and does a prayer meeting at their house once a month and then serves in the youth group, and I mean, just on and on and on. It goes, it was on and on, but um, so let's just prepare our hearts to receive God's word this morning from Yemi. Good morning, church. I'm so glad that uh, I have a bunch of families here that love me. (laughs) Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you that you are at work in our hearts, that you are at work in this world, Lord. Lord, this morning, we pray that your Holy Spirit would illuminate our hearts, Lord, Um, that we would see you for who you are this morning. That you remove every obstacle and distraction for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. How many of you have ever lost the remote control keys to your TV? I have plenty of times. In our, in our household, it's like the, the thing that gets lost most often. I mean, I, I'm a forgetful person, but... There's actually a study, um, it's a global remote control trend study that shows, that, that shows where people find the remotes. Uh, 49%, they took this survey, Logitech, this is the company that does the you know, computer accessories, Oops, sorry, it does the computer accessories, it does the um, you know, remote controls, they, they did this survey. And they found out that, <clears throat> excuse me, 49% found the remote in the couch, 8% found the remote in the bathroom. Another 8% found the remote in the dresser drawer. And 4% found it in the fridge or freezer. <laughs> I, was, I, was kind of, I was struck by that. Surprise. And 2% found it outside the house, like in the car or like in the playground. <laughs> this morning, I'm excited to tell you this. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to show you the Word of God as, as we see that Jesus, Jesus seeks the lost. And Jesus... You know, we lose our remote control, and whenever we find it, we're like, oh, man, yes, we found it. Like, I don't, you know, sometimes I hide it, and I don't know why, but when I find it, there's this joy that comes in my heart. <laughs> and this morning, um, I'm excited to tell you that um, in this passage we're looking at, that Jesus uh, seeks and finds the lost, and he rejoices over the lost that are found. And the reason why we need to hear this this morning is because we need to be encouraged 
in a world that tells us that there's nothing lost, that we're not lost, in a world that tells us that there's so many ways to God and no one can be lost, and we need to be encouraged in seeing how God's pursuit for the lost, how God's pursuit for the sinner is a motivation for us as we also go out to seek the lost. And this morning we're going to be reading from the book of Luke chapter 15, verse 1 to 10. Luke chapter 15, verse 1 to 10. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to hear him. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country? and go after the one that was lost until he finds it. And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who need no repentance. Or that woman having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and seek diligently until she finds it. And when she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had lost. Just so, I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. In this passage, we see that Jesus was hanging out with the tax collectors and the sinners. And for many, some of us who don't know, the tax collectors had, were, um, they were seen as traitors um, in, the, in that time because this was the time of the, the Roman government and Israel were, oh, sorry, every time I step there, <laughs> Israel were under the Roman government. And they had tax collectors who, because of the vastness of the, the Roman Empire, they had to take taxes to fund their military, to fund, to fund so many things. And so these tax collectors were employed by the government to take taxes. But what these tax collectors would do is they would take more than what they were supposed to take. And even they would go to the extent of even beating people up to make people confess where their relatives who owe taxes are. And so, according to the, the Jews there, they were like, you know, tax collectors, you're traitors, you're, you're betraying us because you're from us and you're working for the, the Roman government. And so, and this is not the first time Jesus was seen hanging out with, with sinners and you know, the adulterers, the, the, the thieves. This is not the first time. In the book of Luke chapter, chapter 5, verse 27 and 32, we see when Jesus called Luke, um, and Luke had a, I mean, sorry, Levi. Levi had a feast for, for Christ, and there were a bunch of tax collectors. It was like a party of sinners. And so, so eating with someone back then was something that's just, it's more than being casual. It is, when, when, you, when, you, when you eat with someone, you're actually sharing your life. You're sharing everything. Um, 
with, with that person. And so for Jesus to do that, that was like, whoa, Jesus, if, you're, if you claim yourself to be, you know, the, the son of God and, you know, the, the, the prophet of Israel, why would you dare consider sitting with sinners? Why would you dare um, seeking eating with these tax collectors? Don't you know? And so this, this is the context we're in in this, in this time of the, of the scripture. And in this passage, I want to show us three truths about God that we can learn. Three, three truths that we can learn about God that tells us how he seeks the lost and he seeks and pursues those who are outcast. And also, in that process, I hope that we would hear our own story in that, how he has called us to also go out. In parenting, we take the initiative to tell our children to eat healthily. You know, if it's, it was left to any child here, they'd rather feed off on junk food, snacks, or candy. Like, every time we eat dinner, Ayo always like, she wants to eat like the desserts first. And I'm like, no, 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 you have to eat your broccoli, and you have to eat your, your, you know, your real meal. But we, we take the initiative to, to tell them, hey, look, you know, eating, eating good food is good for you, you know. And so we take the initiative as parents. And in that same way, in seeking the lost, God takes the initiative. God initiates the seeking of the lost. Both the shepherd and the woman who were the ones, were the ones who took the initiative to find the sheep and the coin. The sheep who is lost can, can never find itself. And it takes initiative in, 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 in the, the shepherd. And also the coin cannot find itself. And it takes initiative of, of the woman who seeks the coin to actually find the coin. And so many of us have experienced what it is to be, to be lost in a way. Right? There's, this, there's this panic, there's anxiety, there's, there's fear. And um, we, we appreciate when someone seeks us out and when someone finds us out. And so scripture is clear that if we are saved, it is not because we found ourselves. That if we are saved, it is not because we all of a sudden worked something up to, to, you know, to come to Jesus. Scripture tells us that it is God who pursues. That it is God who seeks. The book of Romans chapter 2 verse 1 to 8 describes the predicament of people who are lost. It describes the predicament of, of us in, as lost people. In Romans chapter 2, verse 1 to 8, it says, sorry, Ephesians, Ephesians. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this word, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we, we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of our body and the mind, and are by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. But God, rich in mercy, because of this great love, which he loves us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together in Christ. And... The, the, the predicament of being lost is, in the Bible, is we're dead in trespasses, we're alone, we're perishing, we're condemned, we're under the wrath of God, 
We are blind. We're in the power of the darkness. We, we are under the control of Satan. And we're disobedient to God. But God, who is rich in mercy, even while we were dead in sin, even while we were lost, sought us out and pursued us. And so this morning, I want to let us know that the seeking of the lost, shouldn't, we shouldn't wait for, for the lost to come to us. Because God didn't wait for us to come to him. God pursued us while we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. And so God goes to great effort to seek out the lost sinners, and so should we. The second truth we need to know about God's effort in seeking the lost is that God never stops looking until he finds them. God never stops. God is not like, sometimes I lose stuff and I'm like, oh, I'm looking for this stuff, and I look and I search, and I just stop. I'm like, okay, oh well, I'll just, I'll just move on. I'm not going to die. But God is, God is not like that. When God seeks someone out, he pursues them intentionally and fruitfully until he finds them. God never quits, never surrenders. And that is the, that is the God we serve. So if you're here this morning and you consider yourself lost, good news there is a God who never quits. If you have loved ones that are lost, good news. There is a God who never quits. Praise God for that. In the case of the lost sheep, we see that the shepherd searched until he found the sheep. Likewise, the case of the woman, she searched diligently until that is found. And that's that's the same way God searches for us. Two, two months ago at the Lifeline Church picnic, I was, uh, I was playing volleyball with Brian. Brian, sorry to speak <laughs> you out. But as I was playing volleyball, I you know, went down to hit the ball. And my ring you know, came off my finger. And I thought it was like, you know, right by me. And I searched, and I couldn't find it. And so I called Scott, and I said, Scott, you know, Dylan has a metal detector. Can you, help me, can you help me go get this metal detector to find it? So we kept looking for it. And, you know, I thought it was like two feet from me, but it was actually on the other side of the court. So, <laughs> But I spent time looking for that ring, not because of the value. Seriously, my ring is like about maybe $20. But because of the value I placed on it, it's not just a $20 ring. This is this is a symbol of a commitment to my wife. And so that's why I pursued it and I, I, and I was looking for it. In the same way, when God pursues us, it is not because we, are, we have so much value by ourselves. It is because God has placed value on us. And so God determines to find the lost. And every lost person is important to God. Every one of your family members who has not yet come to the saving knowledge of Christ, is important to God. And if it's important to God, then it should also be important to us. Amen? I see my own life. Sometimes when, you know, it's, it's very easy to, in this world, is if we lose our pets, we're like, oh no, we got to find our pets. Like, you know, put poster boards out and, you know, announcements and putting on Facebook, like, 
hey, we're losing our pets here. Help, help find us. But it's, it's, it's ironic and unfortunate that when it comes to seeking of the lost, that most of us, even me included, that we sit back with young. You know, like we have this apathetic attitude. Some of us have not even ever thought about sharing our faith to our, our friends and colleagues. And I'm guilty of that too. When I come back from work, after sometimes a tired, busy day, I just want to sleep. I just want to like lay down and just, even sometimes the kids come like, oh. But as imitators of Christ, this is not what we should be. Because of what Christ has done for us, that should be a fuel for us to go out and to join Christ. It's a great privilege that the creator of heaven and earth has called us in and said, okay, go. Go be fishers of men. It is a great privilege. By not joining the Father in this, it's to be like the Pharisees and scribes. Now, some of us may think, whoa, 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 wait a minute. How does not, you know, going, going to seek the lost, how, does it, um, how is it equivalent to being a Pharisee? The Pharisees were passive because they thought this is, we're God's chosen people, and that's it. And so in, in reaching out to those who were different from them, excuse me, they were apathetic. And so when we stay as apathetic Christians, in our comfort, being distracted by the world and everything around us, we are like the Pharisees. There's so many people who, in Northwest Indiana, in, in every area of our life, that are running 100 miles away, away from God. There are many people in our lives. We know them. And to this morning, the Holy Spirit is reaching out to our hearts, saying, I've called you, so you go, you tell them, you go, you seek. And the, there's joy because God doesn't just call us to a, a fruitless task. He doesn't go us to just go chase our tails. We go with the backing of the Holy Spirit because God is also in pursuit of this sinners. God is actually working in their life. God is working in their hearts, even though we don't know. And so if God is already working in our hearts and he tells us to go seek the lost, then it's a great joy because we're not on our, on our own. We're not doing it in our own strength or in our own power. We're going the back end of the Holy Spirit. Let's not let life circumstances restrict us from seeking the lost. Let's not let our phones, our jobs, AGTV, the business of taking the children to sport games, homeschooling, doing chores at home, let's not let that restrict us from seeking the lost. These things are not wrong in their self. Taking your children to sport games, homeschooling, doing chores at home. No, they're not wrong. But they can also be a distraction. They could be one of the tools that the enemy uses to make us passive about sharing our faith to the world. And it's easily to be confused by it. Let's not even let our discouraging moments, let's not let our, our sad moments, times where we're in deep pain, let's not let that hinder us from seeking the loss. Because truthfully, it's not going to be easy. 
at all, whether we're in good time or in bad time. And God has called us. And so our sinful nature has, in collaboration with, 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 the, with, with the evil forces, with the enemy, they would like to bring anything in our way to make us, to make us backslide or to make us go, oh man, I don't want to go take the loss. And so, but God this morning is calling us, saying to every one of us, including me, that look, I'm pursuing the sinner. Come, join me. The third thing we need to know about God's effort in seeking the lost sinner, the third truth, is that God rejoices. Amen? God rejoices. If you ever want to wonder what makes God rejoice, if you want to ever know what makes heaven throw a party, it is because a sinner has been found. It is because a lost person has been found. This is really profound. There's so many things. Heaven is a joyful place to begin with. The Bible says there's no more weeping, no more tears. No more hurt. But if there's something that makes heaven, the whole of the angels go, yeah, it is because the lost are found. It is because the sinners have come back home. So this morning I ask us this question. When was the last time you rejoiced because someone came to faith in Jesus? When was the last time you prayed earnestly for the lost? When was the last time you took time out of your schedule to seek people who are lost. Now, some people may be thinking, well, if, if God is the one who seeks the lost, and if, the God, if God is the one who finds them, then what's my role? What purpose is there? And sometimes it's, it's true that God will find the lost. It's true that it's God who, who pursues them, who seeks them out, and who finds them. But this shouldn't be a reason for us to fold our arms and stay back. In fact, like I said earlier, this is an encouragement for the church. That because God is seeking the lost, we're not on our own. We're not by ourselves. We're not doing this in our own strength. Nothing we say really can bring people to know Christ. If God is not working in their hearts, everything we say is just saying something. But because God seeks the lost, it's not a reason for us to sit back. Instead, it's a motivation to go forward in boldness. It's a reason for us to go forward in faith, knowing that God is at work. In verses 7 and verses 10, like I said earlier, it makes us know that there's a party over every stranger, every sinner who repents. God goes to great effort. And seeking the lost. The heart of God is that sinners would repent. The heart of God is that those who are lost be found. That is the heart of God. The Bible says that He wishes no one to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. So, as God's people this morning, I pray that we will be encouraged to go out in faith to go out knowing that God is at work. And if we don't go out, who else will? 
If God's own people don't go out and seek the lost, who else? In closing, in the book of Romans chapter 13, chapter 10, verse 13 to 15, it says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed him? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? We've been sent. How, and as it is reading, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Brothers and sisters, this morning, we have a call. Please let us respond. There's so many people hurting out there. There's so many people who are, who are walking in a sense of disobedience, who are walking to their own destruction. Eternity is it's a long time. <laughs> There's some people who, if we don't say something, would spend eternity away from God, would spend eternity in hell. And this morning, the heart of God is for those people who are going 100 miles an hour backwards to stop and to go in the right direction. And God has called us. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you because it is you who seek the lost. We thank you, Lord, because it's only in your name that there is forgiveness of sin. Thank you because you've forgiven our sin, the past, the present, and the future. So, Lord, help us to live out our calling. Teach us to love and obey your words, Lord. And Lord, we pray for our friends and family members who are lost. Lord, I pray that you will give us a burden to pray. To give us a burden to seek the lost, God. We thank you because you have paid every cost. That on that cross when you died, that you brought freedom for mankind. That anyone who believes in you will be saved. And so God, give us a burden. Give us a passion for the lost people, God. And this week, I pray that you would bring divine encounters our way. That you would alert us and that our heart would be attentive to your spirit. So we thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.